welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another Knock On Podcast. I like saying that every time. I don't know why. It just feels good. Might be getting boring to you guys, but I think it's I think it's pretty good. Uh, this podcast is going to potentially be a little bit of a shocker. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a tough podcast for me to do. Um... If I'm honest, I've probably thought about this for a month of how I want to do it or say it. Um, So it's tough, but I'm going to do my best. And I'm also going to rely on all of you out there for listening hearing this whole thing out, listening entirely, and then also just helping me in the message of this podcast. I want, I'm going to ask for you to help me in making sure that this message uh, stays true, stays clean, and, uh, you know, doesn't evolve into something different or something negative. So here we go. Uh, the last podcast, I talked a little bit about a photo that I had posted. It was a photo of a group that I had shot. Um, it was actually um, a very good group that I had shot towards the tail end of my last season shooting for the U.S. Archery team. And in the last podcast, I talked about that a little bit. But the thing that I didn't talk about is one of the sentences that's actually in the middle of that post and that sentence is in there because like I said earlier there's been something weighing pretty heavy on my heart and something that I've been trying to decide what angle um, I want or I guess when I can break this news to all of you out there so Bear with me, but this post, um, here's what I wrote. I wrote a life lesson. This is one of my favorite personal picks after a vigorous day of testing. About 40,000 arrows logged that year. This was my last year shooting on the U.S. team. Some days I shot until my fingers bled, but if I'm honest, I knew deep down that it was my last hoorah. Life is full of forks in the road and unopened doors. As competitors, it's often hardest to see a way to move on from that competitive trail. But I can assure you the work ethic of champions offer limitless opportunities. So the sentence that I'm referring to is the one that says, but if I'm honest... I knew deep down that this was my last hoorah. What 
was most emotional about that time was my last year shooting on the U.S. archery team was actually my last year that I was with Matthews. Um, Matthews was someone that sponsored me as a semi-pro and was my first official sponsor as a pro. I started working there um, right when I started competing professionally as well and was part of a, a big company boom. Uh, a brand new type of technology with a single cam and just it was a it was a fun thing to be part of. I'm so thankful for it. I'm a different person now and I, I, I love my Hoyts and I love my friends at Hoyt. Technically Hoyt's almost like family now, but that relationship changed who I am and made me who I am. And one of the things that was tough and one of the things that I've never talked about is that there came a point in time where I had to make a decision on what was best for me and Matthews, um, although they didn't really like knowing that decision um, needed to be made, they also had the ability to, to make it clear that I could go down that road, but I also had this option sitting for me at the factory. Um, and I just was really feeling pulled in a different direction based on a lot of different circumstances at the time. And I made a decision to leave Matthews and go out on my own. And one of the things that was tough about that was the fact that just based on circumstance, um, and I won't go into the details, but I knew deep down, or I just knew, that if I left Matthews internally, that I was also leaving my ability uh, to shoot for Matthews. So I literally left, and I left knowing that I had a month until I went to the world championship which I really wanted to to shoot with my Matthews uh, as my last event even though I knew deep down I wasn't a shooter anymore I wasn't an employee anymore uh, but I like I said I knew it was my last hoorah and I wanted to make the most of it but I also knew that there was part of me that wanted to do other things and for a lot of reasons that are probably too complex to describe, I knew that um, it wasn't going to work based on a relationship that I had built for a lot of years. I was grateful for it, um, but I was also really wanting to keep going in a certain direction and based on a lot of different factors and scenarios that outside people would never understand you know I made the decision to leave and we parted ways and with that departure um, you know I had a new vision for my bow hunting 
as well as my coaching. And I made a decision to make a change based on what I wanted to do. And I chose to to go with Hoyt because of those decisions of a direction that I wanted to go. Now, one of the things that was cool was I really wanted to get into uh, doing a hunting DVD because even though I was a target archer, I was super passionate about bow hunting. And I had another friend who was actually uh, an engineer at Hoyt. We were competitors against one another for a long time. But we were also mutual friends, and we were bow hunters. A lot of times we'd be talking about bow hunting more than target archery while we were at tournaments. And we decided to do a DVD together. Now, one of the things uh, that was cool about that was I had already built a relationship with Realtree from my competitive days. And then that relationship with them grew as... They licensed uh, Matthews um, to have Realtree on their bows. And, you know, obviously the relationship just grew. But when I decided to do this DVD, I needed support. So Realtree introduced me to Kip Folks. And Kip was one of the founders of UA. And at the time, UA had cold gear and heat gear a few jackets and things like that um, but it was really only available in solid colors there was no camo yet and uh, Realtree knew that they had already did a licensing agreement with UA and that Kip had a vision of starting UA Hunt so Kip was literally the first sponsor to my hunting endeavors and it was uh it was pretty cool because it was a global company and it certainly wasn't the ua that everyone knows now there was i think cam was there uh michael waddell was actually there right when i started um so it was it was pretty interesting and the very first UA camo stuff came out and Kip supported a DVD that I was doing called DD Bow Hunting. And back then, uh, TV hadn't started in Canada yet. DVD sales were massive in Canada because that's the only way people could watch hunting stuff and wild TV came to be. And one of the guys there, Helgi, had watched one of uh, one of my DVDs and really liked it, and he was trying to convince me to start a TV show. And through that, Knock On became. It literally developed into a TV show that would focus on education as well as uh, the bow hunting aspect. And at first, the amount of education I could do was kind of limited according to, you know, what they thought their viewers wanted. Obviously, now we've told them that we want more education, not less. So it changed quite a bit. But through all that, UA was part of 
season. Well, they were part of DD bow hunting, and they actually were part of uh, supporting me as a shooter. And then they were part of Knock On and have been ever since. Uh, and one of the things that was kind of a little bit uh, fun about the whole thing was just being part of the growth and being part of seeing this company go from having a camo top and a camo pant and a camo glove, which I actually think their very first gloves are still my favorite ever, and a ninja mask, a camo ninja mask, which you know no one had then made everyone look cool uh and then now it's just steamrolled into you know this massive company and one of the things that or one of the reasons why i was so upset about one of the negative things that started um involving ua a few years ago i was just really um disappointed in people jumping on the bandwagon that UA didn't support hunting because I thought that was crazy because UA and Kip had supported me every time I was trying to do something that was passionate to me that revolved around hunting. They were always there and um, a lot of cool people have kind of come and filtered through the company and each and every time it was a really unique relationship and a good person um and those people have you know when they did move on they moved on to other big companies and and took big roles and i think um there's a lot to be said about that and one of the things that i think is important and one of the things i want to touch on is in relation to that relationship that I started with Under Armour and what it's grown into um, is really relative to an article that I wrote years ago. And I wrote an article called Staff Shooter Success. And I wrote this article based on the amount of people that message me that ask, what do I need to do to be a pro hunter or what do I need to do to be an ambassador or what do I need to do to be a good staff shooter so I had those questions but I also had the experience I had the experience of being at a company where my last role at Matthews was international sales and marketing manager and part of that was managing the entire uh, international pro staff so I was very familiar with the process of vetting staffers, but also um, going through the natural change in pro staffers as they move around or ambassadors or as the company makes decisions that fit one person better than another person or might fit one type of marketing campaign better than a previous campaign or a previous direction that's just part of business so with this article I wrote some very key factors that I think are important for me to talk about and I think are important for anybody out there because what we all need to realize is that 
our archery community is small and how we protect that community and how we I guess kind of monitor our own standards and um, I guess our own actions is going to be really important to the longevity of our industry. So in that article I have several subtopics. The first subtopic is dealer support. I think it's critical that any staffer out there realizes that if you want to have a long-term integratable role with the company as a representative or as an ambassador, the best thing that you can do is start out by supporting the lifeblood to that manufacturer, which is the dealer. You know, I started out working for an archery shop for four bucks an hour. Uh, didn't, even though I was at the shop, didn't get bows for free, didn't get bows at a discount. Uh, I literally worked behind the counter during big store promotion weekends. I'd get to know the reps from different companies. And, you know, as I saw them and met them and supported the dealers, I would see him again at a shoot and then I started to maybe help him a little bit there or as I grew in product knowledge I was better at the retailer level and as I became good behind the counter I became more valuable to the companies that had their products in the counter so I just think it's absolutely critical that if you're wanting to be a successful staff shooter or an ambassador, you have to recognize that your importance and your role is to create that dealer support and establish those relationships. The next thing that I talked about was starting local and then moving forward from there. So, um, you know, I really felt like because I worked at the shop first, I got to then know the reps and once I got to know the reps I would go to events that the reps might need me to help them at and because I worked with the reps I then started to get positions with the company as a rep shooter so you know a lot of sales reps they have bows that are allocated to them for like their personal staff not necessarily the sh staff of the shop so you know, I just continued to climb up this this ladder, and I think that's important for everybody to realize that there is a ladder to climb. Now, the next thing I talked about was brand loyalty, and I think this is critical. And one of the things that is important to me, because as of right now, um, you know, it, this marks 11 years that I have represented Under Armour. And one of the things that I said immediately following the topic of brand loyalty is that the archery world is a small one. Bridges that you build early will help you in crossing waters later on in your career. Likewise, the bridges that you burn will still be burning later. And you're going to come to find that that same person is going to be the one standing there that's needing to help you cross or that you're needing to help you cross. So it's just absolutely critical that you don't burn bridges and that you 
go into a company with the same type of grace that you'll exit a company. And I think that if we all do that as a community, we're going to be much, much better. Now to come full circle back to where I started this podcast, I talked about that post that I made where I said deep down I knew that that was my last hoorah. If I'm honest, and this is something that I've never opened up about any of you about, um, a big reason why I haven't had the fire to compete that I did during my time shooting professionally and shooting with the U.S. team, a big reason why I haven't had that fire is because when I shot that last world event with my Matthews, I knew that that was the last time that I was going to be shooting one. And I kind of really, I don't know, I really wanted to to remember that. Um, and even though I, once I changed over to Hoyt, I, I really valued that relationship and I loved that relationship and the direction it was going. It was just going a different way. And I didn't want to just take this new thing and go down the same path. I was really, part of me was just getting pulled to go a new path. And so that's why I said deep down I knew that was my last hoorah. With that said, I'm going to get down to the nuts and bolts of what this podcast is about. And this podcast is about this past May when I was on my bear hunt in BC, I knew deep down that that bear hunt was going to be my last hoorah with Under Armour. I've made a decision um, collectively with UA to decide to depart from UA and I want to make sure that everyone out there who has valued my opinion with UA over the years and who have uh, supported everything that I've done and those that are faithful UA people, I want to make sure that you all know that I am not leaving there with any ill feelings. I'm not leaving there with disappointment in product and... I'm not leaving there with disappointment in anything. There's just come a time where the direction of what we're doing with Knock On is opening doors and opening opportunities in a lot of different facets. And there's just a lot more going on right now than just having a hunting show. I'm thankful for all of my friends at UA, which I still have several that are there. I'm very, very thankful to my fellow hunters. Um, this decision actually hasn't even been told to some of my 
my closest uh, hunting friends don't even know that this decision has been made. But it is a decision that was collectively made between myself and UA. Um, July 1st was a pretty much a cutting point for my contract with UA and I really had the opportunity to to look at what directions I wanted to go. Now one thing that I want to make sure everyone out there understands is I want to make sure that you know that a big part of what I do is education and is product knowledge and understanding product and I've made it very clear that I want to still um, have some insight to what's going on. I want to make sure that if any of you are asking me questions in a live feed that I'm able to answer those questions intelligently and I know that there's more than one brand out there. So I want to make sure I assure all of you out there, even though I've decided to not uh, re-sign with UA moving forward, I want to make sure you all know that if you are a UA person, then I'm certainly not going to turn my back on you. Um, I am going to do my best to continue to look at any new technologies that are interesting and have knowledge on them so that I can adequately speak about product and I've made it clear to their team that I want to still just like what I read to you earlier I want to make sure that I'm not burning any bridges and the feeling is a hundred percent mutual and one of the things that I want to make sure all of you do as well is I want to make sure that you take this podcast and really understand it from the complexity of where I'm trying to come from and giving this message. Part of the thing that's hardest for me right now is a lot of my decision making is based on whether or not I feel like there's going to be disappointment from my followers and also whether or not there's going to be any type of negativity towards a company who is important to me or relationships who are important to me or negativity towards really good people out there when the reality is, you know, this isn't a negative thing. It's a positive thing, and it's something that is mutual and goes both ways. Um, I think there's great things that'll happen for both parties down the road. Um, I think that they have some great people that represent the brand, some people that I truly hold close to my heart and that I know do a great job for them, and I know that they have some very passionate people there that are going to do the things that they need to do. But I also know that I'm making decisions to go new directions with the company that in some aspects are unchartered waters. And I've got to just decide what is best for 
the direction of knock-on as well. I want to make sure that all of you out there, as people start talking about this new direction, I want to make sure that you guys can refer people to the podcast and let people know my true feelings of why the change was made and make sure that there's no rumors starting that shine any type of negative light on this this situation. I want to make sure that both both parties can go forward in a positive manner and I want to make sure that people realize that every single thing that knock on has been able to accomplish is because it's had support from people like UA and UA was supportive throughout everything that I've done up until this point so hopefully that doesn't come as too big of a shock to all of you out there Um, it's been something that's been weighing heavily on my heart and what's toughest about it is really just bringing it out there and letting everyone know uh, that I had already made that decision. It's something that's taken me quite a while to build up the courage to tell you. Um, hopefully I've set an example of telling you in a format to where there's clarity on my decision making, but also clarity on the fact that there shouldn't be negativity, uh, towards this change that what we all need to do is look forward and recognize that the archery community uh, needs to go in directions that allow everybody to grow. And I want to make sure that at least on my map of life that I have bridges that aren't burning and doors that are opening and friendships that are still there uh, when all this is said and done. So I appreciate everyone out there listening to this and I hope that you understand and I hope that you trust going forward that I'm going to be doing my best to to go new directions, directions that I'm passionate about in the hunting community and also um, go directions that I think will bring forth new opportunities as well. So I want to end this by saying thanks to Under Armour for literally being everything that I've worn head to toe for over 11 years uh being something that has been really cool to be part of and being being affiliated with um arguably one of the most deadly arsenals there are in the hunting community and and uh I sure felt proud to be part of that and felt uh felt like I was a lucky lucky person to be one of the few that was on such an elite level team. So with that, 
I'm gonna raise my glass. It's just, uh, it's actually Killcliffic Knight, by the way. Um, I'm gonna raise my glass to Under Armour. Thank you for all the years. Thanks to my friends there. You guys know we'll still talk. And, uh, hey, here's to the brand new hunting season, fall 2018. It's going to be a good one. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>